Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are talking about productivity hacks. This is definitely something that uh, myself and Danny actually love talking about. We're all about the gadgets, the technology, the apps. I actually got a new Apple Watch um, this past week. You're so loving it. I sold mine for the aura ring, so I'm interested as to why you got on. one. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> I know I'm testing them both I'm going to see which one's more accurate in terms of sleep data um because my aura ring I've had it for like three four years now um but yeah I don't know I've I've always sort of gone against having an apple watch uh because I didn't want the notifications but on my on me all the time but now I've come to the realization that I control what I let into my life and love that there's no difference between like an Apple Watch. I shouldn't block these things out. And we've had these conversations in the past of feeling like there's too much. And then yep. I was like, actually, I get to control what messages, notifications come into my life. And mm-hmm. if we can learn to use technology and apps as a means to uh, not just make us get more shit done, but also productively rest as well, then why not? So I yeah, I treated yep. myself to an early birthday present with an Apple Watch. Good on you. Um, early birthday present. How exciting. When's yep. that coming up again? I should know. It's coming up <laughs> quite soon. But the I'm 10th just... of February, everyone. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, FYI, the big 2-8. The big 2-8. Wow. And an Apple Watch. Just don't wear it on a night out. You see those people that are so passionate about their their watches oh, and their garments and it's like I always make fun of my <laughs> friend um, Alyssa who's a runner and she just loves her garment. I'm like... She spends like an hour getting ready, beautiful dress, heels, makeup, and she's got it on. And I'm like, really? Yeah, look, that was me. That yeah. was me. I had the garment too. And um, <laughs> and I've got like a tan from the garment. I'm, I'm like, yeah, look, it's that's why I thought, you know, Apple Watch, I'll replace the band. <laughs> yeah, true. There you go. All right. Well, that's exciting. I'm excited to hear about all of that. I know we yeah. love our data, probably a little bit too much, but yeah. um. <laughs> I was watching Sex in the City and I put on my story actually and in one of the episodes she comes in, Charlotte, um, one of the characters comes in and tries to force her husband to wear an aura ring and I'm like, that is Oh, really? He's like, you haven't even opened the box of your aura ring and he's like, I'm embarrassed wearing a fitness ring and that was literally mine and Paul's conversation. Like, Do you know who I saw wearing an aura ring on their story? Who? Kim Kardashian. Wow. Wow. I wonder we're not getting fucking stuck. <laughs> Seriously, guys, when I first got my aura ring, I got it on pre-order. No one knew anything about it. And this company's just blown up. It's because of us, mate. It's because we're wearing it if it wasn't for (laughs) (laughs) No, it's look, it's definitely KK. Good on everyone for wanting to improve their sleep. Right? That's a massive, that's a massive, (laughs) that's a massive thing of productivity. But let's shift gears, shall we? Because You don't want to get too caught up in us and all the technology that we use, but we really wanted to break down today into three core components of work, study, gym, and then probably whatever else comes up (laughs) because productivity is going to look different in different areas of your life and also where you're at, like your values and your priorities as well. Yeah, and I think this is a good episode to come off the back um, of the ones where we spoke about Mm. being in fight or flight all the time and then sort of learning how to rest. Now, we're not here to teach you how to just fill your calendar and just go, 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 because that goes against everything that we've just spoken about in previous episodes. But we're more here to teach you about how to get the job done without burning out, without spending all the time on the tasks, like just really making the most of your time and energy. Mm, yeah, exactly. And I guess really good point. Like we've spent the last couple of episodes really discussing the nervous system and how important it is to have that yin and yang between both branches, sympathetic and parasympathetic. And I think the reason why we spoke about that so passionately is because we have been in fight or flight quite mm. uh, intensely in the past. It's being required of us. And along the way, we've actually learned how to get a lot done, right? It's why we're here. We've actually learned how to use productivity to our advantage, but then also learned the hard way as well, like that you can't always sit on the, you know, the fight or flight state. 
Yeah, yeah. It just does not end well, as we've explained. But look, productivity is different for everyone, okay? We all have different tasks that we set out to achieve in the day. You could be a stay-at-home mom and, you know, I know my um, uh, sister-in-law, the amount of washing she has to do in a day, like... I would take what I have to do anytime over all of that, but she's productive, you know, having kids, you know how to do all this, mm. or you might be working and, and not have kids. And so productivity looks completely different, but no matter what your life looks like, it comes down to the same fundamental principles. I think minimizing distractions and procrastination. I yeah. think that is my number one thing because you could start you know your task and then all of a sudden a ding goes off like what we were talking about earlier yeah. your watch or your phone and then you find yourself scrolling and it's been 20 minutes mm-hmm. okay and then you you go back to the task you forget where you're up to and then another ding goes off or something happens so I think minimizing your distractions and actually dedicating a period of time to that one task is gold but yeah. very hard With work that we're going to transition into talking about, this is a great example of how productivity looks different. When I was nursing, multitasking was a huge area that I had to have. It was, I had to be over a lot of things to get, to be productive at work, Mm. to get everything done. I had to be able to skim across the surface and multitask a range of different things all at the same time. I took that mindset because it was drilled into me for 10 years. I took that mindset, that same mindset and that same definition of productivity productivity to me at that time into business and it was really difficult because me trying to do a million things at once instead of keeping the main thing the main thing is the opposite of productivity Mm. in business you've got to be really good at staying focused and learning to say no and that was hard for me at the start because I had this mindset of productivity is just getting a lot of things done and feeling busy and being tired and now I've, I've shifted that mindset because, and it, it's fair enough, like we've spoken about this before, we're, we're paid at an hourly rate um, where we qualify success in, uh, as measured in time rather than energy and quality. Yeah. So I think how you define productivity, that's what you've got to figure out. Like what does a productive day look and feel like to me because in the past it looked very different to what it does now and if I didn't come to that realization and be able to shift that to be like okay I'm not going to feel the same way i.e exhausted i.e tired um, i.e going through a pair of shoes every three months I'm not going to feel and look the same way um, but I might be productive resting more you know so I can be innovative and creative and make long-term progress so I think it's important for everyone to zoom out And be like, yes, I know we like moving forward and pushing and packing our calendars and being busy. Is that serving you and what you're trying to be productive with? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's so easy just to chase those feelings because you've had them in the past. They've been glorified. And if you don't go to bed tired, did you do enough in your day? Well, yeah, we're really here to, again, shift gears and zoom out and 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 really ask ourselves, is that necessary? Or is that just a feeling that I'm used to having? And I'm too scared to change it or I don't know how to change it. Now, resting for me used to be harder because mm. I'd kind of be sitting there and then you, you still get the adrenaline that you'd be using in your day to day. But sitting on the couch sort of just trying to rest would be like, okay, I've got all this adrenaline now, but I'm not using it. And that would be very hard. Um, mm. So it does take time to shift your patterns, shift your beliefs and all of that because running off adrenaline can be quite addictive and fun and we go, 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 go. It's like all those hormones where we're getting shit done whether it be quality things or not is a different story but we're still getting that gratification and reward so to kind of stop all that that's going on is definitely a process but so important because it is about quality over quantity Mm, yeah really well said I think something that's been brought to my attention a couple of times is whenever I do like group calls I'll obviously check in and ask how everyone's week's going how work's going usually like a question I'll default to and everyone always says oh so busy yeah it's busy Isn't it's been it? a busy week it's busy oh yeah work's busy and mm. it made me sort of step back and go is it ever not busy like is it ever mm. gonna not be busy because everyone says like your 20s like you think you're busy wait till you have kids, wait yeah. till other things happen, then you'll know the definition of busy. And I'm yeah. like, if life and the volume of busyness just turns up, does it ever turn down? If we choose to do so, yes. 
But if we just let life just do its thing, we're always going to be busy. And that's something I've been thinking about is I don't want to live my life feeling like I've got to catch up. Mm, That's actually so true what you just said. Like I notice when I go for a walk and get a coffee and it's, it's like the normal conversation for someone that you haven't really met. How have you been? Been busy? Keeping busy? Yeah, like and why? Like, yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, well, I haven't really, but I'm not going to tell them, no, I've actually formulated a lifestyle that I enjoy, <laughs> that I'm, I am getting coffee at 11 a.m. And like, I no, don't get into don't, it, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, because I don't, that's interesting. I never thought about that. So yeah. I normally just say, yeah, yeah, I've been busy. But it's like, well, why is that the reward? Mm. I guess it's just because, as you said, like the stigma and society, we reward this culture where, you know, resting is seen as lazy or slowing mm. down or, or busy is a choice, but then therefore busy is a good thing. A lot of people yeah. think, oh, well, oh, business is busy. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like it's great for what, you know, it's great for mm. how you define success. For some people, and I would argue for a lot of people, we shouldn't crave to be busy. Like we should crave to be having the lifestyle that we want, enough money to, you know, live business going well. Um, yes. But things going bigger, and you actually see this a lot, like when when things can't handle capacity. I don't know what yep. happened with the Sony or the Xbox or whatever. I know Luke complaining about it. Did you hear about all that? What happened? Oh, they released like this Xbox or PlayStation, whichever oh, one yeah. it is. The and waiting it was not- list now? Yeah, it was like a year or something. Yeah, it was yeah. for 18 months. <laughs> so, right? Being busy in business is not always a good thing. Like having business is a good thing. Um, but you feeling the effects of that and constantly feeling like you're on the rabbit wheel, just going around and around and around is not the way that we want to live. But that was just an observation because I was asking so many people all the time and I'm like, wow, we're all so busy. I wonder if this ever stops. And then Mm. I was sort of thinking, well, it stops if we choose it to stop. Like if we choose to slow down consciously and be present in what we're doing and implement some strategies, like what we spoke about in the previous episodes, well, then maybe it doesn't have to feel that way. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting there that the choice to slow down is like we can handle that better than a quiet period in business. Well, because we're on the, the topic of work and business, you know, if we indirectly start to slow down, people can panic. Oh my God, where are my clients? Like um, even over this period of time, Christmas and New Year's, it always gets quiet in the yeah. fitness industry. That's just what happens. And in a lot of industries, but like, because you didn't choose to slow down, we sense that difference. And again, we're not getting yeah. that rush of people coming in and, and um, inquiries and all of that, that people really start to panic mm. rather than seeing it as an opportunity to actually refine your business structure, maybe get rid of those waiting lists. There's nothing worse than signing up to someone and there's like a six month waiting list. So like the Xbox and PlayStation, a year waiting list. So you go online shopping, uh, pre-sale order. It's like, no, like, use that downtime to actually grow your business rather Mm. than just being stuck in the day-to-day. But the thing about the day-to-day, instant transactions, clients, Mm. you know, um, products being bought, it's it's there and it's easy to get stuck in that, but it's like a hamster wheel. You have to just slow down to be able to jump off for a little bit to then grow. Mm, Yeah. And I've definitely learned, like I feel, which we'll chat about some technology and some apps Mm. and how we include some of these practices because yeah over the last sort of like six months and I I hate to say it like I have been so busy but then I've been so much more disciplined with my time off and that's why when I'm working I feel busier because it's so easy to go now I'll just do a bit of work every day and I'll just like hover along and that feels good I can keep doing things like you said you stay busy it feels great but I've sort of realized that's not the most productive way for me to work long term you know because I I still I don't no one wants a burnt out coach and I don't want to be looking back in 10 years time 20 years time because that's what you've got to think you've got to think about yeah this is all well and good now this month this week this year are you going to be able to maintain this pace Mm. probably not and that's that's the thing with with business and with life and with work it's about the pace it's not about the speed because anyone can get somewhere quickly but what happens if you burn out on the way you know so you really got to think about what are some of the practices technology tools apple watches things (laughs) that i can implement in my life that allow me to pace appropriately yeah and what do you mean by being more disciplined with your time off like what does that look like for you so I know we've always spoken about um, time blocking. Like I'm a massive fan mm. of time blocking my schedule so that I have 
everything are caught, accounted for, not on a to-do list, but with allocated times. Yep. And I've actually started blocking out um, more time just to rest, like big chunks throughout the week, like hours of just like nothing time, deep cool. work, thinking time, going for walks, like just really scheduling that. And then I know something that you've been doing as well is just really like respecting and honoring my morning time for me mm. to reset, recalibrate, and just learning more about when I'm most productive versus when I'm not. Because for me, productivity is more about doing the thing that you feel like when you can rather yeah. than forcing yourself to do an activity because that's draining and that's what burns energy. So I've really been able to like look at my calendar and design it in a way that I can make the most of being productive in the least amount of time. To yep. be honest, it's about it's not about the hours for me anymore. Yeah. It's about the energy. So re, I guess redesigning my work-life schedule and I'm so grateful that I have that flexibility to mm. be able to do it it hasn't been easy to get to this point to be able to do it either. Like I've had to really burn the candle at both ends to be able to get to this point. Yeah. Um, but I knew that I would have to do that to get to this point. You know, yeah. that's why pace is important because I couldn't sustain that pace forever. I knew it, but I also knew that I, it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be sustainable. Yeah, exactly right. And for anyone who's listened to previous episodes, we definitely have spoken about, or even last episode, transitioning to online work, yeah. what we had to go through to be in a position to mold our lifestyle around the things that we want to do. And yeah, I'm like you, definitely that morning time is just so important. There's nothing worse than waking up into high adrenaline and a rush because that carries on into your whole day and then everything is scattered and you, you don't really pay attention to, to your tasks. You don't have a fun day. It's yeah. just too much. But then I notice I can't have too much of a morning routine because after I spend maybe an hour or an hour and a half going on my walk, getting coffee, I start to get that feeling of, all right, let's go do something yeah. now. I That's can't good actually, Yeah, like it, like I ride that. I ride those, those feelings that come up. Um, and then, yeah, a little bit um, during the day, then I love training, I think similar to you. And then um, at nighttime, really wind down. But it's so hard to stay disciplined to those times, particularly at nighttime. And I'm sure you get this with clients as well, but they always say, oh, I need to improve my sleep. But I just stayed scrolling on my phone for two hours or, you know, I, I stayed on watching TV for two hours and it's mm. like, yeah, like people know what they need to do, but they're still just not doing it. Oh, knowing and doing it are two separate things. Mm. This is like coaches have coaches. You mm. can know one thing and just do the complete opposite, mm. right? Behavioral change takes time. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, self-care takes discipline. Yes. Right? People think that it comes easy and just look after yourself. It's this gentle, nurtured approach. But yeah, look, sometimes I'd love to lay scrolling on my phone, but I know that that doesn't serve me long-term. I know it's going to you know, have implications for the next day. I know that, yeah, maybe a form of play um, is not going to serve me. I also understand that pleasure and happiness are two separate things. And so often we go into pleasure. We go to the things mm. that make us feel good in that instant gratification moment rather than the long-term pace of happiness that is in the future. So I like to think of my day and the structure and how I approach things with more of that. Okay. Is this going to bring me pleasure? Or is this going to bring me happiness in what I'm doing? Yeah. Nice. And is it going to carry over into the next day where I'll regret it yeah. as well? Because you just get like mind numb by the end of scrolling. And if I catch myself out, I literally just throw my phone and get frustrated. I'm like, what am yeah. I doing? Oh, yeah. go wind down, go to bed. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Can I actually share something that I I've I had a shift in mindset a while ago. I've really turned from um, consumer to creator for social media. I I like to create and I like to interact with my community. I like to do those sorts of things, but I don't go on that for you page. I don't go on explore. I don't spend time consuming. Um, the only exception would be like if I'm doing something like on the treadmill. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. you know, like I, I try, yeah, like I try to not sit down and get into that hyper aroused state and consume other people's lives. Mm. Like I really try to live my life and make sure that these things can bleed into it. Um, because like, I think it's important to be on platforms, of course, and consuming and seeing how things work. But this is what I was referring to at the start of the episode is technology and apps. They shouldn't rule the way that you live. Yeah. Um, Google calendars and technology, mm. it's there as a resource. But I also want to name that there is, 
Um, there are some people, for example, that may be tracking everything and having wearables and too many notifications is overwhelming. And that's definitely been me at periods of time where there was mm. too much. I'm like, can't have it. Need me Garmin that just tells me steps and time. That's enough. No aura ring for now. Like no social media after this time yeah. because there was a lot of stimuli coming in. So it's really important to be like, what serves me at the moment? Because there is an app for everything. There is Literally. technology to help you in every, <laughs> like you, I, the amount of Google calendar plugins that pop up on my, on my um, internet browser, I'm like, yeah. they know me and what yeah. works. So it's about sifting through and minimum effective dose. Find a few things for us, Web Express, Google Calendar, and a few other apps, a few other devices and things. I don't use everything. Like I don't want to use yeah. every single type of productivity hack out there, just the ones that work. Yeah, because you start to turn into a robot and then you forget how to use your own intuition. It's like having like reverse cameras in your car or sensors and all of that. You kind of, you don't use your mirrors as much because you've got all that technology, but then try jumping into a car without it. You'll forget. Mm. Like, and I was talking to um, the manager of our gym, Emma, the other day, and she's you know, I've been slowly planting seeds about look after your health and your sleep. And she really took it on board to the fact where she's not sleeping because she's trying too many things. She's like, okay, I'm winding down from eight o'clock or I'm dimming all the lights. They're all horizontal, no Mm. bright lights above. I don't eat um, two hours before bed. I switch off technology. I make sure I'm in bed eight or nine hours before I need to get up all these things. So I'm like, do you do this? Yes, 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 yes. And I'm like, I think you're trying too hard and that's your problem. So our goal was to now just not think about it as much um, and then see how that goes because she literally in theory ticked all the boxes. But I think that's what was like hindering her sleep. So you can try too hard with all that stuff. Absolutely. Sleep Mm. anxiety, which I've spoken about before, like worrying about not being able to get to sleep, (laughs) worrying about the things that is ultimately at the end of the day, like you can focus on what you're doing, but you can't actually control the sleeping component of it with a lot of Mm. these things as well. Yeah. Is there, um, Danny, for you, like I think when it comes down to work, technology, business, it's about systems, right? It's about apps. It's about procedures and it's about things that you've put in place to make sure that you're not double handling, micromanaging a lot of tasks, right? From my perspective, do you have any technology or any apps or anything for you besides the calendar that we've touched on <laughs> that's really um, productive? To be honest, literally just Google Calendar. Um, but then in terms of systems on what you mentioned, I have designated days for designated tasks. I mean, mm. we record the podcast on, on our certain time. I do check-ins on the two days of the week. Um, but again, allowing blank space has really been my game changer amongst the calendar because blank space for me, I don't just sit on my ass doing nothing, like something comes up. So it's yep. just, yeah, for me, calendar is the main thing, but then also having designated times for certain tasks. Otherwise yep. you start to put things off or you get distracted and, and it just doesn't work. So mm. personally, I've been on a mission of stripping back all of that stuff. Um, yeah. What else do you use? I use um, like Google, like all the components of Google, Google Drive and Google Calendar. Oh, yeah. That's a big one for me. We use a lot of spreadsheets and stuff like that to sort of chat and and keep tabs. Yes, Um, yes. Google's the big one for me at the moment in terms of other things. Like we have a few like internal systems and stuff that we use for communication. Yeah, that's really it. Like Mm. you said, it's more about like when you can find a hub Um, of things rather than stuff everywhere it's really helpful I also have um something called notion have you heard of notion no and I use that just for my own personal stuff in terms of like tasks to do lists topics social media stuff like just all in the one hub it's all under the one hub and I think that's really important like if you've got stuff everywhere that's when I think it gets overwhelming like if Mm. I like the apple watch I won't use my aura ring you know I think it's just about being like don't collect data and don't just like collect apps and collect technology and make systems for the sake of it. Like no. they're, they're supposed to make your life easier, but how often are we rewarded for having more things to be productive? It actually distracts you at the end of the day if you've got more stuff to do. Yeah, and all tabs are open. You see people yeah. like posting their desktop and it's got a million tabs and I'm like, I wouldn't be proud of that, mate. Like that's not good. Um, but that's the multitask mentality, yeah. right? And we know that that's... That's, that's how you put a shallow effort into a lot of things. Yeah. And um, 
on back on what we were talking about, about just having things everywhere, like a, a lot of coaches still do this yeah. or clients try to do this anyway. So it's just so much better coaches to keep everything in the one space. Um, mm. we, ke- we use our app, keep it all in the app. Like when clients try and text their technique or text a message or WhatsApp, or you see even coaches, they're reviewing technique over text and spreadsheet here, app here, just keep it all in one, not only for your mentality, but then also, so you don't miss a client's message. I think people are still Mm -hmm. doing that. They want to feel important, you know, or maybe they haven't fine tuned their system, but just be disciplined with yourself and your clients, set the rules. Hey, just message me in the app. Okay. Yep. I think that's so important because things are just everywhere still. Yeah. A hundred percent. I've been with um, like coaches in the past where it's still done through email and things like that. And yeah. I just sort of think you can't, I feel anxious. Like I'm going to miss a message from someone like, let alone thinking if it was going through emails with everyone, yeah. everyone and everything else. Yeah. And I think as well, like if like social media is just such an age at the moment, you probably shouldn't be messaging your coach there anyways. I like to think no. of like, I don't, I like to remove that element. I love connecting with people on social media, but messages are going to get missed, you know, like they're just going to forget gotten forgotten. And I don't know whether it's probably my insecure parts being like, Oh, I hope people know that I'm not ignoring them, but I probably just missed it. There's too much shit that pops up ever since they gave like the emoji reaction. Oh, I wish you could turn that off just because it bumps everything away. Yeah. Like by the time I click on everyone's laughing face or whatever, it's just uh, the messages are gone. Not that I get thousands and millions, but enough to make me go, oh, I'm not going to open DMs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It desensitizes it. Whereas it's when it's in your app and it's structured, again, we're putting things in places so that we know where, when we come to it, like when I'm sitting at the computer, I'm a coach. So yes. I'm going to be able to respond as a coach. When I'm on Instagram, I'm, sh- I'm like just like Sherelle, like just having a bit of fun sometimes. Sometimes I'm coach, like sometimes I'm lots of different parts, but you don't really know. Whereas when I'm sitting at this desktop, like I have my educator coaching hat on. Yeah. And that's, you know, one of our points, environment, not only the physical environment that you're in, you know, give yourself an office or give yourself yeah. a space in the house where, okay, this is where I do work. This is where I sleep. This is where I watch TV. Separate all of the activities because our brain starts to associate the place with with the activity. So if you all of a sudden are trying to do work out where the TV is, where normally you just don't do work, you're not going to be productive. Um, So physical environment, but then also get in the headspace. As you said, okay, when I'm at my desk, I'm a coach. When I'm on Instagram, I'm me. So that's really important too, to know how to separate those. Yeah. I'm a massive fan of zoning. And I think um, when we went through lockdown and we're in the one bedroom apartment, I really learned to appreciate zoning and your workspace and environment. Think about it. Like when you go to the toilet, you'll pee right? Even if you didn't need to go, when you open the fridge, you'll feel hungry. Even if you weren't our, our brain and our mind to body connection with our environments is so powerful. And that's why when we moved into this place and I could set up my office and get my whiteboard, my bookshelf, like I just feel so much better. And then at the end of the day, when I walk out of here and I shut the door, like I'm off and yeah. sure I can take a laptop to the couch if I want to do a bit of passive you know work or content stuff, yeah. you know but I'm in that relaxed state because it's mm. not true like I have to be cognitively productive in that mind I can fluff around so yeah. I think it's really important to establish environments like I can't get over that people eat in their bed for example like I can't mm. I, I can't deal with that I'm like why are we eating in a place that we should be digesting and sleeping yeah right? like I just can't get over that. So I just think it's really important to have your, you know, like eat dinner at the table, work in your office, sleep in your bed. Like yeah, don't have yeah, sex yeah. in the kitchen. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, don't sure. do those- You got to spice it up, mate. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. Sorry, no, I'm kidding. I'm just sorry, my Colleen. Don't worry, Cheryl. You were conceived in one way, so don't worry. I wonder oh. in the chicken shed. <laughs> Coming up the birthday, coming up the birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nine months ago it was on. Um, we we stayed in a hotel and um, had some Uber Eats in the bed. It was actually quite cool, but I did feel like a bit of a slob. But yeah. uh, every now and then mix it up, but not all the time. As it long as it's not a habit, like a routine, a behaviour, yeah. that's what creates it. When it's repeated consistently, that's when you're going to have the 
the hard time separating, especially for those people that work at home. You know, I think it's just becoming so much more common where our workspace is our living space. Um, Like, I don't know what the future is going to look like for workspaces anymore. So I just think we have to get really good at creating those boundaries for ourselves because these jobs that have those clear places where you're going to work, it's going to become blurred. And I don't know what the statistics are, but there's a lot of people that haven't returned to the office because yeah. they found a way to be able to work from home and for the like the economy and for people's lives and everything. That's fantastic. So yeah, it just means we're probably have to not set- good for the economy because they're not out spending money in, in the cities and all that. True. But I like it. I reckon it's good for people to not have to catch the train for an hour. Or sit in their car for an hour, like yeah, put on your you don't have to do that anymore. Um, mm. But still, going go out and spend money in the shops to keep everything alive. But I also love going to cafes as well. I remember when I lived at home and it wasn't like the best environment for things. I'd just pack up my laptop and go yeah. sit at a cafe, and that was just awesome because mm. it was just me time. You know, it kind of snaps you out of that mundane mindset or wake up do this blah 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 like you look around you see different people that was one of the most powerful things I ever did actually in a cafe found the home that I first moved out in so I I got myself in a clear headspace I was in a good environment Mm -hmm. um, jumped on you know a a website for renting a house and finally found one Um, Mm -hmm. so I think yeah that's massive take yourself out of the home environment as well when you can Mm. I get so creative and innovative when I get out of my environment. Like whenever I go home or whenever I go anywhere, like Luke and I have a few staycations coming up. And I think, like like I said, we worked hard to be able to do these sorts of things. So I'm like, yeah, like, cool. If we want to have a holiday and be able to shift our environment and also enjoy ourselves a bit more and get out of the house, you know, and be able to do things a bit differently, like use that to your advantage. And the cafe thing, like, are you really an online coach if you haven't taken your laptop to a cafe and taken a photo? (laughs) The answer is no, you're not. So yeah, there's something about it, right? There's something about it. Doing that, shifting your environment, finding a really like new cultivative like environment that's puts you on a bit of a time pressure because you're sort of watching. And there's actually a lot of um a lot of people that did um like online classrooms, for example, where you would sit there and you just all work. There's a lot of those like office spaces Mm. online because it's something about being able to work in the presence of other people or study, I should say, in the presence of other people that you hold yourself accountable to. And I've got quite a few clients that are in uni, for example, and they do that. They have study partners where they might just zoom and just study like they won't even talk and I'm like wow that's so different because I used to go to the library with friends and we would study for a whole day for an exam so like we'd really talk that much we'd have lunch or whatever but it's just that accountability of being in the presence of other people that can be really helpful for productivity yeah yeah Paul and I used to do that when um all the borders were closed we didn't live together like we would literally just be working on our laptops at the same time Mm. probably wouldn't do that now but like back back when all things were cute and stuff at the start yeah definitely would do that but it would help as you said knowing someone else is like working at the same time as you you don't feel like you're missing out on anything yeah yeah that's great um Deep work and shallow work. Now, these are the terms that you love talking about. So do you want to segue into that one? Yeah, so deep work is similar to what we were referring to earlier. I actually think it was coined by Tim Ferriss, um, mm. I believe. Don't quote me. I think it's in the four-hour work week. But a lot of people use the terminology. And deep work is basically spacing out time in your day or in your week, in your calendar, like hours, chunks of hours that you just dedicate to visionary work, Mm. prefrontal cortex, long-term planning, not the task in the business, Mm. in your work, the day-to-day things for coaches, technique reviews, program writing, client communication, that's all shallow work. Um, And there's tasks that are inside your business. Visionary work is outside of your business, what you want it to get to, the things that actually create wealth, that create sustainability. Um, And you know, from um, the book, he sort of recommends, you know, we should be having like multiple chunks of this throughout the week. And if we can't fit that in, and if we can't put that in our calendar, that's a problem because you're inside, stuck inside working on the shallow tasks, like just skimming across the top, the shallow work that doesn't actually move the needle forward um, and create time for yourself in the future. So you see people doing this, like, you know, well-known authors, for example, where they might book a a cabin in the forest and they'll just go there and have thinking time Mm. and write a book or something. You know, that's, that's the definition of deep work. 
Yeah. And it's so important. We all know the feeling of being stuck in that shallow um, environment or the shallow work there. But again, as we mentioned earlier, your actual business cannot grow if you get stuck in that. It is hard to pull back on money. It is hard to pull back on, you know, what you're used to doing, all that short-term stuff. But again, you need to schedule in that time just for your mind to be innovative and creative, as you Mm -hmm. said. Otherwise, it will just never change and you'll Mm. just be doing the same thing forever and your waiting list will probably grow then you'll have unhappy customers as well yeah I know you said there about like the financial thing as well something my dad said to me goes you got to get in the red to get ahead in terms of like sometimes you've got to go into a bit of debt to be able to get ahead in the future Mm. because if you're worried about I'll just do this I'll just do that it's like well wisdom right your whole family just has the best (laughs) (laughs) saying oh funny um But yeah, like I think a lot of the times a lot of people are scared to pull back or stop doing in either fear of going backwards or fear of not going forwards. Mm. And like if you feel busy, you're probably doing shallow work. Yeah. Because when you're doing deep work, you should have the space, you should have the time, you should feel very reflective and visionary. Mm. Um, It's really hard to put yourself in that position. I've been in that where I just couldn't think of the next day ahead because I had so much to do. Yeah. Right. And it was actually Luke who come in and helped me be able to create that time and that visionary thinking to be able to take some things off my plate for me to drop Mm. some, to start saying no. So it's about those processes that even have to happen well before you think, oh, I'll just, I'll slot in two hours of deep work. It's going to be stressful for you. If you're constantly trying to feel like you're catching up and feel Mm. like you're catching up, you're micromanaging, you're taking on too much and you're just living in shallow work and not actually making progress or product productive work. And it was like when we started this podcast, I mean, we could, you could have easily taken more shifts at the hospital. I could have easily booked in more clients as well. That would have been easy, but no, we're like, okay, cool. Let's take out chunks of hours from our day and see if we can start this thing and see what happens. And now look, two years later, we're still going and indirectly it brought more awareness to what we were doing. We were able to help more people. And, you know, we had to remove ourselves from our day to day to take a chance to do this and it paid off. Yeah. Everyone, everyone wants the thing, but they're not willing to go through that period. I find, um, there has to be a period that it's not regression, but it's going to feel like it. It's mm. going to feel like you're going backwards. Mm. But as I said, like sometimes you just got to move in that red zone so that you can actually push forward to the things that you want to do. It's letting go of instant gratification, right? Yes. But now the money, taking on that extra client, doing things, fulfilling the wait list. Like what happens if you just like, you know, don't take on any more clients and you work on that course that you've been wanting to put out? You know, and then all of a sudden it's really successful and you buy back some hours and you have some passive income that Mm -hmm. allows you to create more clients in the future. And like, it's all these sorts of things that you physically cannot think of if you're living in the day-to-day task. You can't, because I've Mm. been there. I'm like, don't ask me what I'm doing tomorrow. Like I couldn't even make a hair appointment because I couldn't even think that far ahead. So it's just, you physically can't when you're in that fight or flight state. Mm. Mm, Because your body doesn't want to be creative. You're very like left brain and that's, you know, just get the job done, numbers. Yeah. And then right brain is the creative. So yeah, we have to tap into that. Um, Should we move into study? Yeah. Yeah. Probably all bleeds in with work and And study. It all bleeds in, doesn't it? Yeah. But with study, what I found, just try not to to, um, cram. Okay. Mm. And I know, well, this works for a lot of people, but Framing it and leaving it last minute, like, yes, it works because you're kind of running off that adrenaline it's and brain, that, but, you know, try and just pre-plan a time in which you can be productive. It might be first thing in the morning, block out two, three hours um, and then give yourself a break. But I've tried it all. I've tried literally just having the whole day with my book and I wouldn't get much done just because I gave myself so much time. But then I've done the complete opposite where I have had to cram. But I think mm. the best way is just to put some time aside in a time that you know you'll get it done. And then don't forget about everything else in your life. Don't stop mm. going to the gym. Don't stop being social. That was probably one of my biggest mistakes. I kind of just made it about me and my studying. And then I kind of dropped the ball on some things. Um, yeah. Then again, I was studying for like eight years. So you have time to learn everything. But that was probably one of my biggest lessons there. Yeah, for sure. I definitely went through the same thing. Yeah, right? Like I think... I think everyone does. Being a student was, in my opinion, harder than my first few years of work. Different type of hard because, like, I was still working to earn a living. I yeah. just was studying full-time post-grad on top of it. So yeah. it is really hard in the last few years um, of studying. But something that really helped me because 
in high school, like I had to work hard to be an average student, like full, okay. full transparency. Like in high school, I had to work really hard at a lot of subjects that I just hated mm. that I had to do, like chem, biology, maths, all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, oh, God, like my <laughs> right to get into what I wanted to be able to do. Yeah. I, I worked really hard to be average. And then in uni, I started to get curious about, one, I was doing something I was passionate about. You choose your subjects. Yeah. That in itself was massive for me, having choice. Um, and then being really cur- um, curious about what sort of learner I am really mm. helped me because I suck at multiple choice, right? You give me four answers, I'll, in my brain, make them all right in some possible way. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, oh, but, you know, it depends on this. And if you did that, yeah. that one's right. Except for maths, right? It's pretty yes or no yeah. in that. Yeah. But with, so like, true. with things about the body or stuff like that, like, I sucked at multiple choice. And mm. when um, when you're, like, when I was um, working as a midwife, there's this test that you have to do sort of every year and you have to get, like, a proficiently proficiency level to work in birth suite and every single person like obstetrician midwife nurses they all do this exact same test oh. um, same questions and then it ranks you based on where you should be based on your profession and experience oh wow I used to get all the um, technical obstetrician questions right and then all the basic ones wrong right so they'll be like mm. what's going on when I choreograph it because I'm like I just overthink overthink so much. But then those big ones, I'm like, sweet. So I learned in uni (laughs) that I'm a really, really like overthinker and I need to go Mm. with my first instinct with multiple choice. So I'm like the first one that I resonate with, don't overthink it. That's right for me. So I learned those sorts of things. I also learned that I'm very um, an auditory learner. So podcasts, audibles, listening to things, talking to people, that for me like resonates. I used to record myself talking and reading my notes. Oh, that's Um, a good one. Yeah. So there's lots of different things when you can get curious about what makes me more productive with learning, what sinks in, what resonates, what lands with me versus contemporary, the way we were taught that we had to learn, writing notes, those sorts of things it's going to be different. And I'm really glad that I was able to learn what worked versus what definitely didn't work for me in the past. And that is such an important point. Um, as I'm fight with the man with the leaf blower in the background, so hopefully no one can hear that, but, um, to, to work out which way you learn the best for you, it was those, for me, I had to draw things. I have to like make pictures and colors and I don't know, I was very visual like that. Um, so drawing really helped and <clears throat> excuse me, cue cards as well, yeah. but try it all. I think with anything, whether we're in school or whether we're just trying to learn something from a course as an adult, just don't, don't put yourself in the box. Okay. Mm. Learn in the best way for you. Make posters, put things written on the walls. Okay. Find your best learning style. Mm. Yeah. Well said. I feel like, I feel like that one's pretty covered. Like a lot mm. of people that sort of go through schooling and stuff like that. I think it's, there's a big transition when you go from, um, normal high school to adult based learning which is university Mm. style degrees professions business those sorts of things where you have to find passions and things you're interested in and ways of doing things that align yeah that's the thing you need to spend time trial and erroring as you said like Danny you've done eight years I've done like nearly five six years you you're gonna figure it out like you have to figure it out to make it through to be honest Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, what about the gym like I mean like with training I feel like the whole podcast is almost about how to make your um your sessions or your your training uh in general more productive or more optimal for you as an individual yeah yeah and we're all about less is more just with everything but always in the gym and we really want to reiterate that a lot of people again take their feelings of oh I have to do more and I have to be busy they take that from their life into the gym again it's not the case I mean we've listed many examples over the past few months where we've actually pulled back but we're still getting results you know the world doesn't end if we have one less day in the gym or two or weeks off Um, Mm. so less is more but you have to actually train hard still like Mm. you can't just pull back and then say, oh, you know, it's, I need a deload week, like still put in 110% in the sessions that you're there to earn the right for less is more. Cause yeah. you might need to do something every day if you're only giving it 50%. But if you actually want to earn the right for three or four days a week in the gym, pump those days. Yeah, absolutely. We're all about that quality, right? And that's yes. really what it is. Like when you, when you think about 
like frequency or, or volume, like how much you're in the gym or how much you're doing versus intensity. It's like a pendulum. When you go one way, the other one has to sort of come up and vice versa. And in my opinion, like if we can spend less time actually generating fatigue um, by pushing intensity more so and therefore having more time to recover, that in my opinion is a more productive way of doing things. Although there's going to be people that sort of argue the opposite side as well, like have mm. more volume and more frequency over the other one but um when it comes to deloading you just sort of prompted my thought that's actually something I've only just started including properly probably in the last I don't know six to 12 months like deloading I know we had like big chunks of COVID and things like that in between as well but in the past when I didn't push intensity as much I felt like I didn't need to deload and there's probably brilliant point. And I have to catch you there because we're going to get a whole bunch of questions about people saying, when should we deload this and that? Yeah. You have to train freaking hard to actually get in a position where you're like, wow, I need a deload. Yeah, absolutely. And that was for me. I think there's a big uh, learning curve when you go from a beginner to intermediate to advanced when it comes to training intensity As a coach, it's important that you catch that with yourself and clients Mm. of like, when's the fatigue starting to really generate? They're starting to really be able to understand training to failure, understand pushing intensity. And therefore, maybe I need to monitor fatigue and rest and make sure I um, proactively put some deloads along the way to make sure that they're recovering okay if they're not doing it on their own. Some people will just Mm. do it intuitively. They'll Mm. go, nah, just not feel it. Others won't. They'll go, nah, push hard, grind through this. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, when tissue tolerance and fatigue and injury can occur, right? So Mm. for me, now that I've started to, one, not grind till it brings a failure with Eugene every day (laughs) (laughs) and identify that in myself of being like, cool, I'm going to put some deloads in here. I'm going to deload when I don't necessarily feel like it because I know I should because I know that I'm going to keep pushing um, if I don't right? It's about understanding yourself as a person. That's Mm. been super productive for me, especially going through a strength block because I couldn't just add load to my back squat or my deadlift every week. Like I I understood that going into a strength phase. Whereas when you're you're bodybuilding, you can sort of get around it. You've got so much more flexibility when it comes to a goal of just building muscle in how you actually get there. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's just a little bit of productivity for, I guess, your training age versus experience. Definitely, definitely. And there are many ways to deload. Which way um, do you normally pick? I usually drop um, intensity rather okay. than volume. So okay. I know there's opposite sides, but I personally find that I can, uh, I, I feel better if I keep the volume there mm. uh, and just pull back on intensity. I actually find like on my joints, on my body, on my nervous system, uh, intensity is where I need to pull back. Yeah, yeah, great. And a lot of people um, deload indirectly, for example, yeah. in the first week of a new program, there's a little bit more trial and error, feeling out the numbers, you know, that's a little bit of a deload. Or if you go on a holiday and you're away, that's still a deload. So people are thinking, oh my God, I've never actually had a deload. Well, you have, like you were unwell for that week, you went there, yes. you know, you had a new program, you had your period. There are so many ways that you've indirectly deloaded. It's not mm-hmm. just about, oh, it's been five weeks. Okay. I need to change everything. Well, yeah. don't no, Don't, you don't have to force it in a way that's different to your way of forcing it. Cause you had to force it. Otherwise you'll just go like a steam train, but um, don't just have one for the sake of having it. No. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Just like, this is why it's really important when you talk about intentional training, like just because your program says one thing doesn't mean you necessarily need to do it. Yeah. And um, even for the girls in train with like optional deload, like you said, a lot of people that where training is more of a lifestyle, you're probably going to naturally do it anyways. You're like, no, I'm not feeling up to it. I won't. When I've got the athlete hat on, sometimes I'm like, cool, you don't feel it. Suck it up. That's what I'm telling myself. So it's really important, again, that you understand what you're doing because I know that I like to push. So even like RPE and those sorts of things, really hard for me to respect. Mm. You know, I'll just push when I feel like pushing. But deloading, intentional training and like following a program and and doing those sort of things, that is the definition of productivity in the gym. Like Mm. don't go in there for the sake of just spending an hour in the gym and go through the motions, like go in there to train. And Mm. if you're going to train, you think about it like an athlete. And and that's just me saying it. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Going there to train, that's right. And again, um, remove distractions. The amount of times, similar to the other examples, you can, okay, it's my rest period. Now I've got a minute's rest and then you're scrolling for five minutes and then Mm. people complain that their program's too long or nah, I can't go to the gym today. I don't have two and a half hours. It's like, why are you taking so long? And we've all known if, if you go to a different gym or somewhere that you don't know anyone, your session halves and it's mm. like, oh, wow, I got everything done. I think you said it the other day in like 45 minutes, like an upper yeah. body. Like it, it's so true how many distractions we can get lost in as well. Yeah, technology is great in terms of the way that it allows you to have access to your program. But yeah. I was so much more um, efficient when I had pen and paper. I'll be honest. Like I used to have a training log book um, and that's all I had. I had my iPod, Nana. <laughs> Right. And you know, that's actually a big reason as to why I got my Apple watch. I love having my headphones just attached to it Mm. and not having my phone on me. Um, I just, like I said, I know we control the notifications, but when I've got, you know, business happening as normal, I'm going to pick up the phone if Mm. someone calls me. That's Mm. the way it is. Whereas if I can physically put it away, I probably won't feel as guilty if the phone rings. I'm like, oh, sorry. Out of sight, out of mind. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I also use airplane mode a lot. Um, the only annoying thing, again, technology cuts off your Spotify playlist if you haven't downloaded it. Um, oh. So I usually um, like if if I'm if I'm in like a if I'm on time pressure, I will put my phone away and I will not change the song because how long do we spend picking a good song? <laughs> Particularly for like a top set or something. Oh. It's like oh, I'll, I'll lift after the beat drops on this. Yeah. Song. Oh no! Start that. it again. Start it again. Totally. We all do it right. <laughs> And these are these are these are like 21st century problems because Isn't it? they sound crazy, but surely everyone does this. You know what I really want to um, learn how to do? Like, you know, when you go to record yourself, the music stops. Oh, I tell you. Oh my god! Please, to get my phone out. <gasps> this is one of the girls in um, my Facebook community um, showed us this. <sighs> shout it's, out to this lady. Shout out to oh, I can't remember which one of you girls no. showed us, but it's incredible, right? So your music's playing right yeah. on um, Spotify, whatever you're connected to, and you want to record a set, right? Yes. And oh. usually recording a top set, so you want the music to play. Oh yeah, it's really Pump hard. It. And I remember one of the girls bringing it up being like, oh, I just, I feel like when the music stops, it's really hard. I'm like, why are you doing that? Don't you know this life hack? <gasps> right. So you're in the camera and you stay on photos because it's, you stay on photo, like you mm-hmm. can take a photo because mm-hmm. as soon as you go to video, that's what actually stops your music. Okay. Right. I'm going to do this right now. So camera and we're on photo. Yep. So the middle button that you would normally press to take a photo, mm-hmm. I want you to hold your finger on it and move it to the what side. Oh. <gasps> What the hell is that? And it records whilst <gasps> I'm recording. Play. So, guys, if you didn't wow. get that, rewind 30 seconds and listen to what I just said and give it a go. Um, wow. And Team Tripod, hashtag post the content, hashtag get your tunes in at the same time, hashtag PB. Wow. I'm mind blown. That yeah. was. You're welcome. You everything. are welcome. Wow. Now I have to add at least 100 kilos to every lift because of that. <laughs> That is amazing PBs this week. But look, productivity hack. <laughs> yeah, I reckon that could have just been the podcast and that's yeah. it. Mine yeah. literally blown. Thank you. My pleasure. But yeah, removing distractions when it comes to technology, you know, it's so important to realize that you actually still have control over these things too. Like I said, if I'm really on time pressure, I will um, just listen to my liked music and I'll make a pact to myself that I won't change the song. Like I'll mm. just train through. Mm. Um, and then like airplane mode, massive thing that I use all the time if I really just want to stop things from coming in and be like, nothing's urgent, right? Nothing's mm. urgent. I can get to it later. We've spoken in the past how distractions are actually can be dangerous in the gym too so I like to remind Everywhere. myself yeah that mm. it's important that you stay focused on what you're doing as well yeah yeah I think that that's everything I mean we can keep going forever as always but um in light of keeping things short and concise I think we better wrap it up hey yeah no absolutely so we hope that everyone got some little nuggets out of today or at the bare minimum of how to record your training um, honestly um I can't wait <laughs> to test stopping that. your music yeah <laughs> life hack but we hope you did enjoy uh this episode on productivity if you did please do take a screenshot as always and share it on your social media stories Thanks, everyone.